Welcome, Path Folk, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path, After Party 49. We're all gonna die. Not the oh, After God. Party. Say that every time, and somehow some of us are still alive. I don't know. I am literally being like like straddled by a glabber zoo, so I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty in a not good straddled by a glabber zoo. Okay, like, let's backtrack first. Let me do a quick you little might recap be wondering how we, we got, got here. Can I just that. throw in there that I hope that's going to be Jordan's biography. <laughs> straddled by a glabber zoo. Straddled by a glabber zoo. The Jordan Jenkins story. There you go. <laughs> anyway. Episode 145, 146, and 147 is what we'll be talking about today. 145 is the one in the Hall of Honor, ah. where the party decided not to investigate the scary lightning wall, and then we got attacked by five Moftet. That's true. I mean, if ever there was a greater sign to just nope out of a direction that we're going in, the lightning wall was a pretty big, you're not supposed to go here yet kind of a thing. You must gather your yeah. party before venturing forth. <laughs> so I was expecting all those statues in that freaking hallway to animate and murder us oh, or maybe sure. just the giant scorpion or something. But so I was pleasantly surprised when that didn't happen. I, I was expecting the scorpion to animate. Yeah. I guess it wouldn't really have made sense. Not because it's dead, but because like that's their enemy. Why would they use turn their enemy into a guardian of their place? You know, mm-hmm. fair is a giant F you. I, I thought it would be if it was going to be anything just because it was the scariest thing in the room. <laughs> And then all the Moftet popped out, and I was like, no, that's the scariest thing in the room. But all the horrifying drive-you-insane riddles are inscribed yep. on those statues, so... Yep. Don't look at them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we all almost died to the Moftet sneak attack. I was just terrified because Citra got off the path, and I was like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Like, I was thing. expecting, like, the sand to, like, turn all quicksandy, or that to be what wakes up the weird, creepy riddlemen. You know, the Riddleman, just... that sounds rad. Dude, that would have been an interesting <laughs> name for them if they were the Riddleman. <laughs> the Riddleman. Jordan says it like it's one word, like it's their last name. They're the Riddleman. <laughs> Riddleman and Riddleman. <laughs> These are the Riddleman. They're the Riddleman. Esquire. <laughs> I'm Xavier Riddleman. <laughs> now I'm going to have a character with the last name Riddleman. <laughs> it's good. Oh, I like that's it. That's a good last name. Sounds right? like an, inca- an incredible investigator last name. Oh, yeah. oh yep. dude. Totally. Yeah. Ooh, or maybe just a doctor. Dr. Riddleman. Dr. Riddleman. <laughs> Riddle me this, Riddleman. <laughs> oh. uh, anyway, so uh, we ended up surviving that wonderful fight. And then in episode 146, we got to meet the one and only Usarin. Yeah, that guy was the a patrol. jerk. And Citra uh, had yeah. much sass. Yeah, um, Citra really doesn't like him because, one, he's a really bad brother and she has, like, you know, sibling issues and the fact that she is sad about hers. And mm. he was always protective of her. And so the fact that this guy got his siblings killed and abandoned all of his people, she is like, nah. No, he's, like he's not a good sibling no. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I mean, so. the whole, like, redemption thing is not on the table for him. Like, Yeah, for sure. and Masika just doesn't understand the whole betraying your people thing because out in the desert, you need your group to survive. The desert doesn't abide weakness. Let's just abandon all the people that, you know, and cut everybody's chances of survival down. You're not the desert, man. Well, and he's pretty much like, <laughs> nope. I, we've never seen them leave the the sightless sphinx. So it's like, they're pretty much just trapped in here now. <laughs> I'm sure they probably could leave, but like now it's like, okay, we're backed into a corner. We only have, you know, 
a third of the sightless sphinx is ours like it seems like it was not the smartest move you know why did they take the bee baby they stole it from the cultists but yeah, yeah but why? why i imagine they stole it just because they figured it's weird and it must be valuable because why else would they have brought yeah. this baby to a war That's zone weird. you know uh, it literally says that Usurib stole the chest from the cult. Ah, oh, oh, he had no idea me, what was inside of it. And even afterwards, he knows that the forgotten pharaoh cultists value it. And so he hopes to get the chest here, hoping to eventually, hoping to find some use for the bee baby. The bee bee. With her cute little ringlets and her wiggly butt. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> but after, after much sass, we did start a fight with the <laughs> head of the oh, Glaberzoo cult. No, no, it's the Reshkigal cult. The Glaberzoo's just their friend. Well, he's just part of the cult, I'll be, to yeah. be honest. And part of what you're True. kind of bringing up is there's an element to the second cult that you're dealing with because we have to differentiate between the cultists that you're fighting. God, you're fighting so, so many, many cults. I guess it's the end thing in Osirian this season. Mm. <laughs> Most seasons, really. <laughs> the thing is, really, the cult of a Reshkigal doesn't have much going for it. Like, numbers-wise, it can't really even compete with the Cult of the Forgotten Pharaoh. No. It's just they are each individually skilled enough that it's not worth the resources to actually fight them. So the Cult of the Forgotten Pharaoh is just eventually like, okay, well, you stay on your side of the Sphinx, we'll stay on our side of the Sphinx, and as long as you don't mess with us. And every time that they have attacked, it's like, oh, well, they stole the bee baby from us, but we killed two of them in the exchange, so, meh. They figure, oh, we'll just get to it later. The comparison between this cult and dedicating their resources to tracking down the doorkeepers? No, they're going to direct all their resources to you. Because we special. You're a much bigger threat than Usarib. <laughs> Obviously, you won. Although he yes, almost which leads us into us. episode 147. Yeah, that was a rough finished fight. Finished up. I thought we were dead. I feel a little bad that we kind of just went on this somewhat murderous rampage in front of the bee baby <laughs> she's fine bee baby will remember this i mean i hope not nah <laughs> no she's probably too young to form permanent she, yeah. memories she's not too I mean, usually age it is yeah usually it's uh four years old that you start retaining permanent memories we'll get her home and the bee people will join masika's desert alliance and it'll be fine mm -hmm. there we go yeah. <laughs> really what these last three episodes illustrated is the cultists of Reshkigal stat block is nuts. Uh, yeah. Yes. yeah. The whole, Ridiculously it's, wrecking us. It's because the Moftet have the ability to charge and make a full round yeah. attack like a lion, and then they sneak attack you to as death. As long as they descend at least 10 feet. Oof. Here, I'll give you guys a couple of numbers, see what you think. Uh, first off, their weakest number is their AC 23. Good lord. Oh no. Oh no. It's not that great. Better than mine. However, that's followed up with 113 hit points. Oh, wow. A plus 7 fortitude, a plus 17 reflex, and a oh, plus God. 9 will. Wow. They also have evasion, which basically with the evasion and a plus 17 reflex save means anything that requires a reflex save is more or less just auto pass. Mm -hmm. Trap sense, which doesn't really matter that much. Uncanny dodge, which didn't really come up that often, and they didn't have enough rogue levels to compete against Citra. They have a 60-foot fly speed, a 40-foot ground speed when they're actually on Whoa. the ground. They're just using masterwork scimitars. However, they can cast magic weapon three times per day. Which, Golly. since they know that you're coming, they cast magic weapon on both of their scimitars before they Oof. fight you. They also tend to cast Cat's Grace and Protection from Evil, which didn't really apply to any of you. But they yeah. can cast say that. They're the evil ones. Yeah. yeah. They protect from each other. Those are the tattoos that they receive. Uh, they give them these magical abilities. So they didn't get to choose to make it protection from good or anything. They also have mage armor in effect, 
Um, it never really came up, but they can cast uh, Vanish twice, which came up like once with one of the other ones. And uh, Ray of Frost three times per day. Which Weird. just... Huh. It's useful as a, uh, a ranged touch attack sneak attack if you can't get that aerial advantage to dive bomb someone. Yeah, but it's random. Well, it's you have to choose a zero level spell before you can choose a first level spell when you're taking the rogue talents for uh, mm. minor magic and major magic. Uh, so okay. much like Citra did. Yep, that's what I did. And then uh, after that, it's uh, again, they have plus 17, plus 17, plus 12, plus 12, plus 7 for their attacks. Yeah, crazy. Oh. And yeah. you know what? They still lost because the desert doesn't abide weakness. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's so salty. <laughs> really didn't like him. Yeah, no, I didn't They're like him. The bleeding critical had no effect on Sudi, which yeah. was yeah. a huge benefit. Which is the yeah. only reason I survived, by the way, is because I'm a living monolith, because that would have killed me 10 times over. Yeah, I had a terrible time confirming criticals despite their critical focus, giving them a plus four bonus to confirm because they actually have improved critical for their scimitars, so they're critical 15 to 20. Oh, oh I would only roll so much, yeah. in those upper numbers on their later attacks, so. All right, I'm glad we're going back to our normal exploding cultists later. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Never like, thought we'd miss those guys. Explosions are bleeding, huh? I miss those cultist monks. I miss they? those cultist monks who don't guys. sneak attack the bejesus out of my face. No, no, the stun is so much worse. <laughs> Teach their own. I don't know. They were cutting you up pretty good. Mm. Uh, again, I mean, the only thing that saved Hollis in uh, the episode 45, I think it was, was that mirror image. Yeah, that mirror, mirror image. image yeah. Yeah. I had to use one of my disintegrates. So I was saving them for the Glabrazoo. But then I was like, well, if we die here, we'll never fight the Glabrazoo. So I might as well use it. I was almost to the point of just being like, forget about it and just blasting one of them. Because I was like, I'm going to die if I don't. But I mean, you did use your last Embiggen. I did. Yeah. And I didn't want to. A little upset about it. Gotta survive somehow. What was the next episode after the fight started? Good lord. Well, the, finish the fight. Fight <laughs> started fight. in 146. It finished yeah, in 147. And then we, um, we held. Well, we healed up a little bit. We, we healed up, and then vision. there was a vision. Sorry, mask vision, not Sudi vision. Well, yeah. Sudi vision, and that Sudi's having the vision. Sudi saw a mask vision. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if this is going to turn into like an emotep situation where everything he does is because something happened to he her. Because obviously her. he's in love with her. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then his brother's wife is pregnant with probably on yours's dad. Maybe. Maybe? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was yeah, apparently perhaps. after he uh, murdered the entirety of her family. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. Well, because they petrified his aunt. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was a whole thing. I don't know if petrification equals familial genocide, but okay. Probably not. It was a one-year time skip, and so obviously there was a lot of consolidating power that went on during that one-year oh, time yeah. skip. Y you know his brother wasn't pleased about the whole thing. Mm. Oh, no, he wasn't pleased in the last vision whenever he was sent south. But uh, after that, we uh, tried to get back to some sort of safe haven and get out of the Sightless Sphinx when... Dear old Mr. Glabberzoo decided to stop us and have a chat. Try to make us wish things. <laughs> Try uh, to make us wish things. What do you wish? Tried I to know. make us make a deal. Yeah. It didn't work. And he was speaking in our minds. I have some dispel magics and another disintegrate. Yes, yeah, Sudi's got some stuff in the. You still have that slay living in the mask, right? Uh, finger of death. Yeah, but the yeah. Finger, finger of death. death yeah. yeah. Also, he then gets a fort save, and he's a big boy. Yeah, big yeah but he'll still take some damage. So yeah. it's true. It's true. I mean, we have a few hail marys. <laughs> we have a few desperate things yeah, we can throw at him. 
<laughs> I've yeah. got a handful of spells in reserve that I would have had more, but, you know, then we almost died. And I have yeah. Ring of the Ram charges, so I can just continue to beat him with a ram. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work so cookies. well against this huge size creature. Should be easy to hit. It's not a touch attack, though, so it's against his regular AC. Ah, I guess. Well, shall we move on to some emails? Sure. Emails. Email. I love Jessica's enthusiasm there. <laughs> She's like, sure. 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 Well, honestly, you should be more enthused because our first email is from a Barry M, aka Lopak name taker, from cool. the misgivings near Magnamar, and it is uh, addressed <laughs> to Dear Miss Starkweather. Hey, it's Hollis. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Uh, and colleagues in parentheses. Uh, oh. At least you get and colleagues. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Dear Ms. Starkweather and colleagues, I write to you as a historian and bard who, courtesy of an ill-omened encounter with a rune lord and his temporal magics made manifest on my half-orcan body, is nearing the end of his life and ready to commence that final journey into my gray lady's arms. I have, as no doubt you will one day be aware once editing has been completed by my heirs and colleagues, been compiling a memoir and history of those secrets my company has gleaned of ancient Thessalon a subject that has fascinated me throughout my life. Mm. As something of a noted scholar yourself, I did admire your treatise on the practical applications of, how did you put it, emergency abjurations? Always keep a greater dispel up one's sleeve and all that admirable sentiment. It would give me great satisfaction to know which hidden nooks and crannies of this world's history most intrigues you, and all but demands further studies. Mysteries of Osirian to one side, as I'm sure those go without saying. Perhaps you could do me a solid and burn a copy of your eventual scholastic paper within a Ferasmin temple that I may digest it in due course. And your <laughs> compatriots slash students as well, naturally. In <laughs> memoriam, Lopak Nametaker, Company of the Flaming Manticore, the Misgivings, near Magnamar. Wow. Uh, <laughs> First I guess off... That was, I know. That was, that 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 was great. Clown. That was great. I guess I'll answer is Hollis. Well, I am a planar scholar by trade. I did a little study of the strange magic happening in the mana waste. You know, I'm interested in the Ayadara, the elf gates. I mean, those are my people's thing. And they're based on some other thing that allows at least interplanetary travel, but certainly like maybe interplanar travel. Not sure. So that would be my next course of study. I mean, Masika's all about the clockwork, y'all. <laughs> you know? I mean, honestly, Sudi's all about... I mean, mainly, his only real knowledge is studying architecture, so he's pretty, he's pretty Osirian-focused, so it'd probably be you know, more osirian stuff. Hey, you could look at the Shori stuff, because we're maybe going to find a flying could pyramid. could look up the Shori stuff, yeah. So, Narmer, what should Masika study? I'm just interested in carrying around this rock in my chest long enough. So that once we become powerful enough, then we can cast legend lore on it because it becomes a legendary object with legendary people. And then we can find out the origin of Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I personally would like to learn anything and everything about the magic, which Hollis is slowly helping me with. Um, mm -hmm. But I plan on just getting out of Osirian. So honestly, I would like any suggestions for a layman future magic user um, for what I should study. Oh, I'm going to take you to the mana waste. You're going to think it's wild. One time I was riding with some sheriff or whatever, and uh, there was a wild magic storm and her horse just reverse colored a mirror image type of a, a reversal. Not necessarily. It was weird. 
So I think you'll like that sort of thing because you never quite know what you're going to get. I think I need more magic knowledge before I go to a place like that. Hmm. I think we're keeping Narmer far, far away from there. It's very cool. I mean, it's dangerous. <laughs> you could totally die, but it's very interesting. What if there was a pulse of magic and I became a fish cat? That'd be amazing. <laughs> then you'd need to be in the water. I'd be like, I'd be like cat from the waist up, but fish from the waist down. So like a cat fish mermaid? Oh, a cat mermaid. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I'd have a cat head and general cat features. Well, it, it was, seems like gills? it'd be slightly more brand. <laughs> well, it was very nice to hear from the doorkeepers on that, but we are going to move on to our <laughs> next. <laughs> Don't get me started. Let me plug All my right. share lore about elf gates. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, our second email is from Chris B in Georgia. Uh, I don't know where we put Georgia in the world of Galarian, but I'm imagining somewhere that grows peaches. That was the first thing I thought of, too. <laughs> peaches. Am I the only yeah, one that yeah. went, like, where where there's rivers of Coke? Like, it's Willy Wonka or something? Cause oh, my God. Georgia peaches. I think of Coke. <laughs> it feels like it'd be really fun to put in, like, Andrin or Taldor. Cause, you know, I feel like Andrin's like a... a good bet there. Right. Uh, yeah. I think there's a town in Andorin. Alvis in Andorin. Oh, so Alvis. I don't think we placed like anyone there. Uh, it is uh, home to the Andorin Alchemical Society, so oh. they might invent Coca-Cola. That's Coke. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Chris sure. B from Alvis. I'm writing to you from Georgia and have a couple of things to say. First of all, I love the shows. And second of all, congratulations to Jordan and Jessica. Aww. I was wondering yeah. if you may have gotten married on the same day I did, the 10th of October, 10, 10, 20. Nope. 10, 15, 20. Close. So just, so just later in the later. week it was close. Yep. Yeah, we like were we were week. thinking about ten ten twenty as a backup because like originally pre COVID we uh, were trying to find like a meaningful date. So but then that was Saturday and it was more expensive at the venue. So then we picked ten fifteen twenty because <laughs> yeah. that's also fun. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. That, that was it. That was, that was all. It. Thank you, Chris. Congratulations Thank you. to you for also yes. Yes, getting congratulations married. Congratulations for your wedding. Yes. yes. Enjoy the married life. I have found it to be wonderful. Yeah. Ditto. Haha. All right. Uh oh. What a clever ruse. Wow, dang. I don't know if that's self deprecating or what. I don't know. It's it's weird. (sighs) Just. That's okay. like on brand for their relationship, though. I'm just saying. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to our third email from some of our favorite people Graf and the Boys from the Bay. Hello, Graf. Hey, Graf. All right, dear Pathfolk, it's been a while. Really impressed that you've kept up the schedule and added a new pod in the middle of COVID times. Yeah, we're I've crazy. I've to write more, so many great things have happened in the pod. Playing online on the FTP Discord turns out to be pretty diverting. Really appreciate FTP and the mods for all their hard work giving us a great space. It is very fun. And in parentheses, avoids trying to make in-jokes about games I've played with Jessica. It's true. I mean, Jess is pretty rad on the Discord. I was so gonna say Jess is super fun. active on the Discord. If you want to, Jess will probably be the person who shows up. A quick topic. Without belaboring the point, the FTP family is pretty in sync. You can play very different characters in very different genres, and everyone has a good time. You even role play intra-party conflict well. Yeah, we do. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing virtually all play by post, other than with family. It's often much trickier to get feedback on whether my characters are fun to play with or not. 
around the physical table, you get a sense of whether you're speaking too much or grating on people's nerves. Mm. And it's easier to make adjustments to get in sync with the table or even shelf a character that's not working. Have you had characters that weren't working out and what did you do? In general, I yes, I've had a character that I've, I've retired because they weren't working out. So I played a, in Rise of the Rune Lords, I started out playing a hunter. I didn't like it. Um, I felt like I was like just not syncing with the party in terms of like, you know, getting into the kind of usual flow that we end up getting into. Um, so I retired that character after book two, I think, um, and brought in, you know, a new character and that I, I, I kind of made to gel with the party um, because obviously we had just started putting together random characters to try to make it work. So you retired um, at the same time I did in that game because I retired. I, I died in the first book at the infamous yeah. point people know and so then i made a cleric but it was before the war priest came out and so i tried to make a cleric that was a war priest and it was it felt weird it was a cool character but it didn't quite work yeah. oh, it was such a cool character yeah <laughs> yes that was yeah. very fun but jordan and i both brought characters back in and we just played twins and that was super fun yeah that really yeah, that's probably out. one of one of my favorite characters to play i was actually playing twins with jess <laughs> You played the goody two shoes and I played the, you know, scoundrel. You were the rebellious, like, you it was know, fun. was it ex-gangster or something like that? Yeah. Zarni. I don't know. I've never had a character that I've retired. I've had character concepts that I've kind of started to roll with. And then before we've actually sat down and played the game, I've gone, nah, I don't think that's going to work. And I've changed very close to a starting a game. But I've never retired a character like in the middle of a game and changed to somebody else. Mm. So... Uh, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as Heather. I've definitely uh, changed my mind on characters multiple times before starting. I've considered uh, switching out characters or retiring characters in games, but I'm also inherently very stubborn, and I tend to just kind of push through. And most of the time it ends up working out. There's a few times where I'm like, yeah, I probably should have switched that out, but I've I've been really lucky in that with our group, we don't really have that happen very often where we feel the need to. Mm. It does happen, but I've just... I, I think a lot lucky. of it is we have pretty open lines of communication. So, like, yeah. if a character does something that, you know, is irking to the rest of us, like, we would say something. Just a GM standpoint here. It's very important that, one, no one should dictate to you what your character should be. Yeah. On the subject of retiring a character, I believe that anyone... You should always be enjoying the character that you're playing. Now, sometimes there will be lags where you are enjoying a character and then you go through a period of time. You're just like, I don't feel like my character is really invested in this. Mm -hmm. And those are a great time to talk to your game master because you don't know if, okay, well, you know, my character doesn't really seem invested in what's going on right now. But in two books, there might be a huge thing about my character. That's a giant revelation. Just taking, for example, when Jordan was talking about his hunter and I got to revisit because I actually brought that character in. Uh, who's a dwarven hunter as an NPC when I ran Curse mm -hmm. of the Crimson Throne, which also takes place in Verisha, where I explained basically all of the plot points that I had planned for Jordan, where, you know, his character was going to get to go back to Yonderhof and kill his evil brother who'd attempt to assassinate him and mm -hmm. retake his position as head of his clan. And that was never explored in Rise of the Rune Lords. It was just kind of explored in the background because the character retired. Mm -hmm. So I'm not necessarily saying because Jordan obviously had fun playing this character that he came in with later. You come to your game master and just say, hey, I don't know if this character fits. Is it going to pay off really for me to continue with this character? 
That being said, don't guilt trip your game master into making interesting things happen for your character because you're bored. Yeah, it's your job yeah. to, to have your character care yeah. about the story. Work together to figure out what will be best, whether or not it's retiring the character, changing the character, or just going in a completely new direction. Yep, yep. Yeah, definitely keep in mind the retraining mechanics because that's that's a really good one. If you if you feel like you you still like the core concept of the character, but you don't like maybe certain aspects, certain decisions you made, you can fix them. You know. Well, sometimes you know a feat doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to, and yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if this has ever come up in the show, but I do have a a home rule that if you choose a feat for your character and you go an entire level without using that feat, you can trade mm. that feat. Yeah, I've done That's that. just a home <laughs> rule where yeah. it's just, yep. and then inevitably they trade it out in something like spell penetration or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, oh, I yeah. thought we we're going to fight things. And then it's like, well, you know, you're three levels further and spell penetration would be great now. And for play by post, there's no problem just putting in the out of character channel like, hey, this isn't annoying, is it? Because, like, I've played a character that stutters, and so I'm typing stutters into my stuff. And I'm like, just let me know if this ever gets annoying. I'll put it in out of character. Yeah. And again, it just all boils down to communicate. Speaking of the Discord, we are coming up on our one-year anniversary, May 3rd. I did write a scenario. It's you a could sign up and play special. It. it is based around Elfgates uh, and the Harbingers of Fate. But if you want to play it, head over to the Discord. Heck yeah. We'll be playing it. Yeah. I don't think I will be, but it'll be <laughs> uh, exciting. You'll probably be editing. <laughs> I'll probably be editing. be editing. In your editing cave. <laughs> we put Rick in a cave when he edits. Mm-hmm. He feels That's like true. Batman. It's all There's right. There's like a little trap door at, at his fine. recording situation. <laughs> it's like, okay, we finished the episode. Whee! I mean, you guys can't see it, but he actually has the most adorable creature actually sitting on his desk right now, just sleeping. Sure. Is it SEO? So wonderful. If I sit in one spot long enough, they migrate to me like fish to a <laughs> standing figure in the water. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was actually it for our emails. So let's go to my favorite part, which is the casting. The casting. One, you get one choice, Rachel. One. One choice. Um, that rule has already been broken by every single other person on this pod. <laughs> I'm just going to point that out. So screw but you. But not as consistently. <laughs> You only get two if the second one is Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, feel free to bounce me a D3. Oh, D3. Okay. All right. Two. Oh, we're down to three. What are we going to cast next? We are almost done. You know, that is probably a question that we should put up on the Discord of what should we do next instead of casting or continue casting something else. We should put up a Patreon. We'll make it a Patreon poll. Yeah, that'd be good. But also, we need some suggestions because I don't know what to put on that. Point. I don't know. There's always yeah. the Osirian deities since we're playing in, mm. or like mm. famous bird headed people. That is true. There are also a variety of other beings prominent to the uh, the Galarian setting. We're we're doing the heralds. So today, we are going to be casting the Gray Polychrome, aka Nivi Rombadazzle. Oh, oh Nivi Rombadazzle. Goddess of gems, stealth, and gambling, Nivi Rombadazzle is the ultimate high roller, said to have won her divinity from the dwarven god Torag in exchange for a gemstone. She was once a mortal gnome who loved the thrill of an exciting wager, up to and including the moment when the dice turned against her. Eventually, Nivi's debts grew too great for her to remain in her surface home, and she fled into the depths of the Darklands to evade the wrath of her creditors. Most of her adventures in the Lightless Lands are lost to time and history, but she ultimately emerged reborn as a goddess, held as the first of the Zverf Neblin. 
uncanny underground gnomes with unique magical abilities and immunity to the dread bleaching, a wasting curse that claims the lives of gnomes who succumb to boredom and ennui. Nivia is not exclusively a gnome deity, however, she welcomes the worship of any risk taker who is willing to roll the dice and let them fall where they may. Once Divi worship established in an area, it often spreads quite quickly, particularly amongst gnomes. It is unclear whether or not Nivi actually has any direct ability to protect gnomes who worship her from the bleaching. Her face encouragement of gambling and risky behavior serves as a potent inoculation against boredom and ennui. So, yep, she is the goddess of gambling, gems, gnomes, and stealth. I know exactly who I'm casting. Speaking of the Discord, Nivi is often invoked. given tribute or invoked, but giving her tribute is posting gem memes or pictures of gemstones and asking for her to bless your roll and rolls. Also, we have a, a Discord emoji of her. God dang it, I have two. Son of a... <laughs> Why do you do this to yourself? I know exactly who I'm casting for once. All right, let me see if this... Will... You know what? I'm going to let you go first. Oh, okay. really? Yep. Because I, right. I have to decide, and you might actually pick one of mine. Okay, I'm casting Alex Kingston, a.k.a. River Song from Doctor Who. Definitely not who Okay, good one. Okay. Nice. Because she is the most chaotic person I can think of takes okay. big risks and gambles and see, keeps things like close to the vest and whatnot. I'm going to I'm going to jump in. I'm going to choose Christina Ricci. Hmm. Because okay. she is my childhood hero for one. Uh shout out Wednesday Adams. I love you. <laughs> She's just amazing and I honestly think when she played Zelda Fitzgerald in the the show Z, it just kind of reminded me mm. of, you know, that chaotic rumbadazzle. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, Christina Ricci. I love her. Oh, I don't have a good one for this one. Um, but I did go into Google and type gambler actress and just went with, we're going to go with the first result. So here we go. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Brie Larson. That's random. Yep. It's random. Okay. Um, I Brie gambled Larson. on Google. Okay. Brie Larson. She She's interesting because she actually can do like a very like saucy kind of a thing. Like you kind of saw a little bit of that with Captain Marvel. Yeah, not a bad choice. All right, so my my pick is both from Doctor Who and Marvel. I'm going with Ooh. Karen Gillian. Ah, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just the whole running off on crazy adventures and, you know, of trying to avoid, like, responsibility just made me think of the pawns. Where, Fair. like, any time... I thought you were going to say Catherine Tate, but then <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, she's not in Marvel. No, it, Karen Gillan makes sense. Yeah, every time, you know, like there's that one episode where anytime something got serious in their real life, they just run off with the doctor. Let's <laughs> yeah. go have an adventure. <laughs> we'll Let's see you later. Peace. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that just immediately when Rick was like, yeah, ran off to have adventures instead of facing her responsibilities. That just for some reason, that episode popped into my head and I was like, you know what? She's feisty. She could be a gnome. <laughs> you know. Okay, I'm gonna pull a Rachel because Aquafina would also be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go for uh, a little bit out there, but she sprung to mind immediately because she has a perpetual mischievous look, even when I think she's not intending to, which is Emma Stone. Her <laughs> oh, resting yeah, face yeah, is yeah. mischievous. Uh, she's also a, she has a, a sheer range and seems to just be kind of a joyous person. Emma Stone's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted Margot like, Robbie, but I think her. she'd already been. All right, cast. if y'all are all yeah. gonna do two, I'm saying my second one. I only one. did Anna one. Kendrick. I only yeah, did Jessica one. did two. Rick just did two. I'm doing two. Anna Kendrick. I was just making Christina a comment. Christina Ricci and Anna Kendrick. I was making a comment because mine had already been cast. My initial choice. Whatever. As always, go to the go to the Reddit and vote. 
I literally gambled for mine. Brie Larson. <laughs> for the official vote, Aquafina. I've changed directly all the way over to Aquafina. Can I I'm just at. say, Christina Ricci is Wednesday Adams. But she's not. Wednesday Adams is a different vibe. Yeah. That's just one facet of Christina Ricci. Like a gemstone. She has many facets. I guess if y'all have any suggestions on either the next group of casting or maybe some other little fun thing we could do at the after party, also post that in the Reddit on this yeah. after party. Yeah. I'll so. mention that Emma Stone literally has the word stone in her name. <laughs> I feel like that's got to give her some points. Okay. Yeah. For the goddess of gemstones, I'm just saying. Rick's trying to get extra points, y'all. I'm just saying there's somebody, someone out there that's like, that's really thematic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is how we do our casting, Hollywood. <laughs> Aquafina. I'm Team sure. Aquafina now. I'm disappointed no one chose The Rock. <laughs> that, that man can play anything. <laughs> so that's all we've got for today. We look forward to uh, seeing what you guys vote for. <clears throat> Christina Ricci. Um, Aquafina. And looking forward to seeing you all next time. So bye, Pathfolk. Good luck, Pathfinders. Bye. Good luck, Pathfolk. Hopefully, we'll all be alive for it. <laughs> we'll be alive. Our characters might not be Wow. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mommy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mommy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.